Uh, we're just starting a new little series on some tough issues in life. And uh, so we're picking up on different things, uh, tough issues. And this morning, I want to think about this question. Why is it that we as Christians so often live with fear and anxiety in our lives when we follow the God of peace? That the words that Jesus said to his disciples after he resurrected said, my peace I give to you. We, we, we follow God who promises peace in our lives. And yet, and yet, we, we live with this so often, this sense of anxiety and, and fear about uh, the future. I wonder if your anxiety about the future dominates your present. I wonder if your fear of the future affects your today. I don't think I'd blame anybody for feeling a little anxious, uh, even though the Bible tells us do not be anxious about anything, but in everything bring your prayer and request before God. I'm sure I'm not the only one who sometimes wakes up a little early each day. Is anybody else with me at 5 a.m.? Processing the day, thinking this is coming up, that's coming up, have I done that, what's going on? Uh, and even though the Bible tells us not to be anxious, we often are. And there's fear in our lives. And, and the future can often dominate the present. Or our past can dominate our present. We live with a sense of uncertainty. And, and the headlines in newspapers don't necessarily help us, do they? You know, financial gloom, everything's going down the pan, we're in trouble in every way, shape, and form. Um, they don't actually bring us peace in our lives. Uh, Matthew 6, Jesus says this, Can all your worries add a single hour to your life? Uh, we all know the answer is no. If we are worried and anxious about so many things, all it does actually is rob us of peace and it, and it robs our lives of time. In, in the end, ultimately, I think uh, to live a life full of anxiety and fear will uh, cause uh, our health to break down. He also says this in Matthew, he says, Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has enough worries of its own. He's saying, look, look, there's enough worries today to cope with today. Why borrow from tomorrow to disturb today? Or why bring from the past and disturb today? Why not just deal with the today? Worry and fear are so counterproductive in our lives. It, 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 worry and fear wastes our time. Uh, being fearful about the future of what might happen takes away from the moment. I don't know if you've ever been, I can't remember whether it was a conversation I had or whether it was something I read or I think it must have been maybe listening to somebody else or someone saying it. People are so busy taking photographs of something. It's like when you walk away from it, you think, I'm not sure I actually looked. You know, you don't actually enjoy the moment because you're so busy capturing the moment that you don't actually have a moment. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like oh, I'm just I'll look at that later when I get home. It's, it's, it's actually better in real life. If we pause then, and, and, and the same is true, you know, enjoying the moment of every day with our, our, our wife or our husband or our partner or our boyfriend or our girlfriend or, or enjoying the moment of every day with our families and our friends rather than allowing tomorrow's troubles to rob us of today's joys. Rather than allowing yesterday's troubles 
to completely disrupt today. It's counterproductive because we focus on the problem rather than the solution. We allow it to have this, uh, causes cloud to come over in our lives. Uh, it causes us to think that we have to sort things out. The, the reason so often we worry about stuff is we think we're responsible for it. We've got to sort it out. We've got to be the solution to this. You know, do you know, friends, we believe, <laughs> we believe God is the answer. We believe Jesus Christ provides the answer. Why do we carry all the worries in our hearts? It, worry can, um, fear para, can paralyze us. It saps our joy. It saps the joy from our lives. You know, life is, is there for fun and enjoyment. And dead troubles and things will come and, 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 and difficulties will come. But, you know, God blesses us with one another. There's joy in that all the time. Worry and, 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 and anxiety drain our energy and, and stop us doing what we really could be doing. But I want to come to our reading because Paul... Paul was someone who should have lived with anxiety and fear all the time. Listen, Paul was somebody who the religious leaders thought he was terrible. They were after him because he was disrupting things. The, 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 the Roman authorities were after him because he was causing a bit of a movement. Um, uh, the Christians were fearful of him because of what he'd done in the past. He was quite a, probably quite a lonely character. In a sense, people, as you read of his missionary journeys, people joined him and then left him. And he was so consumed with what God had called him to do. He was hated by the religious leaders. He was seen as suspicious by the Christians. And other people didn't trust him. He should have lived in a constant state of anxiety and fear. And yet, he didn't. He says this a bit later in Philippians. He says, not that I was ever in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances, whether in need or in plenty, whether in sorrow or in joy. I've, learned, I've, I've discovered the God who gives me peace in every area of my life. Gives me peace even if I've got no food to eat. He actually says that when I've got nothing. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or, with empty, or empty, with plenty or with little. I'm satisfied. He had found something in God that enabled him to have peace in every area of his life. How had he done that? This is what he says in our reading. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Friends, if anybody has a reason to brag about his accomplishments for God, then Paul does. Despite having met the Lord on the road to Damascus, despite having preached to the known world, despite being called an apostle of Christ, despite writing letters inspired by the Holy Spirit and the fact that he endured so much suffering, he doesn't brag about any of those things. He says, look, look, you can do all sorts of things to me. You can throw uh, things at me that would, should cause me fear. But this is what I'm doing. I remember that I haven't reached perfection. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And my hope and trust is in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I've not yet reached that place I'd like to. And so my journey, my focus is simply to pursue God. Fear and anxiety will often dominate our lives unless we admit we're not all that we can be, 
and we're honest about it and, and, and that actually our focus is not that we're the solution but God is the solution sometimes it's hard to admit isn't it that your, your marriage is in trouble or your relationship is in a mess or your career is uh, coming to a, a, a dead end or your dreams seem unachievable or your children are now struggling or you're in financial difficulty or you have a secret problem with alcohol or you have a constant critical spirit or that your heart is regularly filled with anger in a sense these things can be like a cancer to us they cause us anxiety and worry and fear and they can dominate our present until we say I realize I'm not who I can be yet my relationships aren't what they could be yet my future's not what it might be yet but in the today I'm going to hold on to the fact that I haven't achieved these things but I press on in my faith in Jesus Christ my focus is going to be on him because he is the only one who has the power to change things I think Paul says I'm not going to let these other things dominate my life the thing that's going to dominate my life is my relationship with Jesus that's going to be my sole focus that's going to be the thing that I'm going to be uh, 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 working towards in everything that I do I think Paul says this he says look I, 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 I'm, I've not achieved it I'm not as smart as I used to think I was I'm not as clever as I used to think I was I'm not a... and the same is true of us isn't it we're perhaps not as clever as we like to think we are we're not as wise as we like to think we are we're not as good as we like to think we are maybe we're not as strong as we like to think we are but this is what we do know with security strength and a certainty in our lives we know that Jesus Christ loves us and he is strong he is wise he is holy he is righteous he is loving he is merciful he is the way the truth and the life and if we make him our focus rather than our anxieties and our fears guess what happens in our hearts peace comes in Paul says that's what I've discovered I, I haven't yet achieved it I've not yet reached that place that I would want to reach I know I'm still a sinner I know I fail I know I fall down I know I trip up but this is my focus because because I, when I make that my focus this is what happens in my heart Paul says I put my trust in him I will not be dominated by other things therefore he says I press on I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ first possessed me I've not yet achieved it but I focus on this one thing forgetting the past looking forward to what lies ahead I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Jesus Christ is calling us I love that I was listening to Radio 4 on Friday morning I uh, I don't know what time it was somewhere around 7.15 or something switched it on it's halfway through an interview you know one of those you switch it on you don't know who's being interviewed but someone was being interviewed about drugs in sport and uh, they were saying um, about how uh, in this country people are tested way more than any other country and they gave all the figures you can look it up on Radio 4 if you want to know the figures a bit boring but it's many many times more 
And um, the uh, person being interviewed said this, said, look, as they were talking about him, said, look, Usain Bolt is one of the most tested athletes in the world. And every time he comes out negative. Why do they test him? Because he's such a jolly good runner. Why is he such a jolly good runner? Well, he eats better than I do, probably. That's one of the things. But, but this is why. His one focus is, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be the best runner at 100 meters. That's what I'm going to do. My one focus. My one focus is this. Lots of other stuff happen around him. He does marketing and he advertises, doesn't he? Virgin Broadband or something rather on TV. I don't know. But he, he does all these other things. All these other things happen. But this is his one focus, running 100 meters. If you want to be a great artist, you've got to focus on being a great artist. If you want to be a great parent, focus on being a great parent. If you want to be a great husband, focus on being a great husband. If you want to be a great wife, focus on being a great wife. We've got to focus on these one things. A student wanting to graduate has got to focus on one thing, doing their best. doesn't always happen when they're students, does it? But that's the first what the focus should be. But greatness in any area is on the focus of one thing. And we too can focus on one thing. And if we do that, then other things will fit in. And our one focus should be Jesus Christ. That's what brings peace in Paul's heart. Despite the fact that everybody seems to dislike him. Despite the fact that he's been stoned and, and, and shipwrecked and rejected and everything else. I mean, I mean, if you read his life story, you would think, why is he still a Christian? You know, everything's gone wrong with him. But he says, no. He says, you can throw anything you like at me, but in here is an assurance because I focus on this one thing that actually the answer to my life is Jesus Christ. Paul says, I'm not going to let fear or anxiety dominate my life. And if it dominates your life, then why don't we pause and be honest about what causes us fear and anxiety? Is it that my relationships aren't that they should be? Is it that my career is having a wobble? Is it that my finances are in a mess? Is that I'm hiding a health issue from others? Do I have too many secret alcoholic drinks? Do I have a gambling addiction or any other addiction? Our Heavenly Father would say to us, fear not. Fear not. Will things get worse? I don't know, but fear not. Will my health deteriorate? I don't know, but fear not. Will I get cancer? I don't know, but fear not. Will I keep my job? I don't know, but fear not. Will my loved ones undergo hardship? I don't know, but fear not. Will I run out of money this year? I don't know, but fear not. Why? For I will be with you. That's the promise. I will give you the strength and wisdom you need. Fear not, he says. Because if you're focused on me, I am a trustworthy God. The truth is that we have a great future because we have a great God. I want to uh, uh, show you a clip now. This is five minutes long. I don't know how many of you uh, were watching Jonathan Ross last night. And Oprah Winfrey was uh, 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 being interviewed. I thought she was a phenomenal woman, actually. I just loved it. Anyway, this is a, an interview uh, uh, on the Oprah Winfrey show in America. And um, 
she's interviewing a guy whose life isn't everything he would hope it would be. Um, he had a pretty poor start in life and following a suicide attempt uh, chose actually despite pretty terrible life, despite, despite being dealt a pretty t- difficult hand, he chose to say fear not, I'm going to live my life in the way that God wants me to I'm going to put my faith in him so if we can put the lights off and, uh, and watch this for five minutes Let me just say to all of you on Facebook right now, to everybody who has a complaint on the tip of your tongue, I want you just to shut your mouth and watch this tape because Pastor Rick had one request for tonight's show, to include a man who he says is one of the best examples of winning the hand you're dealt. This is going to shut your mouth. It's going to shut your mouth. Just close it right now. Take a look at this. Born in Australia without arms or legs, 30-year-old Nick Vujicic has become a symbol of triumph against all odds. His inspiring YouTube videos have been watched over 100 million times. It's a lie to think that you're not good enough. It's a lie to think that you're not worth anything. But the road to self-acceptance was excruciating for Nick. For years, he was harassed and tormented at school. When he was 10, Nick attempted suicide. After years of feeling worthless and alone, Nick's awakening came while reading an article about a disabled man who refused to let physical limitations hold him back. In that moment, Nick says he discovered the power to take control of his life, and he has. Today, Nick surfs, he snorkels, he golfs, and plays soccer. He's traveled to 44 countries with his message of hope. Even the worst part of your life can come together for the good. And less than a year ago, Nick married the love of his life and danced at their wedding. Nick's in our audience tonight. Say hello to Nick. We're standing up for Nick. Now, this is what's so unbelievable. As you've heard, people complain about the spots on their face and people complain about not having a boyfriend and not being able to have the mates of their life. What happened to you that you were able to take all of, take your chemistry, being born with no arms and no legs, take your connections, your relationships, your life circumstances, your state of consciousness, and then choose, make the conscious choice that you were going to take all of that which the rest of the world looks at you know, undeniably as a pretty bad hand and that you were going to turn it into something, you were going to be exalted by it. What, what happened to you that you were able to do that? Oprah, I know that you love to think out of the box and have things outside of the box on your yeah. show. Yeah. And I know that you love illustrations. So if I may illustrate in about 180 seconds, can I do something a little crazy, but it'll sure, be powerful. Go Is that right cool? Ahead. You got a camera behind me, right? Yeah. I'm going to show you. Come, come, come. This step right here, is there enough light here? The chemistry, I was born without arms and legs. The chemistry I could not change in my life. I know that God didn't give me this pain, but what the enemy tried to use for bad, he turned into good. 
The connections. I want to tell uh, Porsche. Uh, look, I'm a guy, I love cars, okay? And I love Porsches more than Ferraris, okay? <laughs> and and uh, I want everyone to know that, that we are wonderfully and fearfully made. And until you can actually understand that we are all wonderfully and fearfully made from God, um, I want you to know that, that you will always be trapped and chained and you will be stopped. But when you have the incredible power of faith in action, nothing holds you back. And you're beautiful just the way that you are. No worries. For me, I felt the connection. Yeah. For me, in my life, I'm thinking, man, I'm not going to get married. I can't, you know, can't even hold my wife's hand. What connection am I going to have? But you know what? All things come together for the good for those who love him. Man, this is a little bit high. I'm going to break my arm, man. This is pretty crazy. All right. <laughs> Circumstances. Being okay. born without arms and legs, man, it's all about choice. You asked me what it was. I had parents who were my heroes. They always said, you, you can either be angry for what you don't have or be thankful for what you do have. Do your best and God will do the rest. Man, consciousness. Because I gave my life to Lord Jesus Christ and the renewing of my mind, Wow. I knew that I could be unstoppable. So, pretty powerful stuff, eh? I wonder what it is that causes us anxiety. Uh, this man's circumstances are still not everything he would necessarily want them to be. But he doesn't live with fear and anxiety dominating his life. This is what he lives. He lives with a focus on Jesus Christ. And everything else falls into place. Seek first the kingdom of God. And everything else will be added unto you. It's a simple scripture but we don't necessarily always live it. Or, but it's seek first the kingdom. Paul, Paul should have lived with anxiety and fear and disappointment and, and, and struggle in his life, but he didn't. He lived with a sole focus on Jesus Christ and who Jesus is. Nick should live with bitterness and anger in his life. He's got no arms and no legs. He's not got a lot going for him. But instead, he put his focus on Jesus Christ and everything else was added unto him. And look at that gorgeous wife he's got. What about you? Where's your focus? Is your focus on your troubles and your anxieties? Is your focus on your fears and what you don't have? Or is your focus where it truly should be? On our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because if we put our focus on Him, we won't live lives of fear or anxiety, but we'll discover lives of peace and fruitfulness. And we'll discover a God who loves us. Let's press on. Press on to reach the goal that Christ has for us. That's Paul's advice to us. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Jesus Christ is calling us. I, I want to do a couple of things uh, now if I can. And, and I realize we've got communion as well and we'll do something about that.
I wonder if you can think of one thing that dominates your heart, mind, soul. One fear, one anxiety, one trouble that's just right there. One broken dream, one hidden addiction, one whatever it might be. Can you think of that one thing? I wonder what that one thing is. Just in a moment, I'm going to ask us to stand. And when we stand, I'm going to, we're going to pause for a little bit and we're just going to, we're going to bring that one thing to our Heavenly Father. And I'm going to ask the ministry team, they're going to come out, they don't know this yet, but they're going to come out right across the front here. And I want to give you a choice uh, this morning. You may have come for all sorts of things. You may have come because you want healing and something. You may have come because you just need prayer and a relationship. You may have come because life this week has just cut you to pieces and you don't know where to turn. If that's you, I want you to go to a ministry team person and just tell them what you want prayer for. We'll pray for anything here because we believe in a God who gives us hope for tomorrow. And you can come to any of the ministry team. Any of us can do that any time. And, and the truth is every single one of us could come and bring a fear, couldn't we? This is what dominates my life. This is what I feel. This is what I'm, I struggle with. This is what, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So I, 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 I struggle. I said to Linz, I think it was this morning, I said to Linz, oh, I just, I feel as I'm no good really. You know, there's a self-doubt within me that just bubbles up all the time. I, I struggle with that. I don't know what you struggle with, but I bet you struggle with something. Well, this is what I want us to do this morning. You can come to a ministry team person, and they can pray for you. Or just while the worship team lead us, you can just come, and I want us to give those fears and anxieties over to God and say, Lord, I want to give this to you today, and I want to choose today to leave here with Jesus Christ being my one true focus. You can do that in, in any one way you want. No one has to. But I invite you, you can come up. You might want to kneel at the front for a few moments. You might just want to come and stand. But I think the physical movement says something. It says, I'm going to give this to God. I'm, I'm, like, I'm going to hand it over. I'm, I'm not going to just stay rooted in my seat and say, oh, well, I, I think I'll hand it over. I'm going to make a physical move and say, Lord, I want to give it over to you. And I want you to be my one true focus as an act of sacrifice to our Lord. Is that okay? So let's stand together, shall we?